As geopolitical tensions rise all around the world, Canada is uniquely vulnerable, perhaps not uniquely, but certainly is vulnerable to cyber attacks and ransomware attacks. Canadian Press has an interview today with the Canadian Centre for Cybersecurity head, Scott Jones, who says that Canada is indeed vulnerable to cyber attacks. That's kind of a no-brainer. We obviously know that we've had a cyber attack in the United States recently on a major pipeline, and that system was taken offline as hackers infiltrated the computer systems and the company that runs the pipeline paid approximately $5 million to the criminals so that it could restore the fuel link, but it couldn't do so before causing outages, and there was a widespread panic buying of gas up and down the U.S. seaboard, just a kind of an indication of what a cyber attack could do and what it might look like. Now, I recently spoke to Nicole Perlroth about her excellent new book, This Is How They Tell Me the World Ends. And I asked her about the possibility of a cyber 9-11, a kind of a sneak attack or perhaps a cyber Pearl Harbor, a catastrophic cyber attack. And I will just I will just say when I was speaking to Nicole, uh, she was uh, walking around her home in the Bay Area trying to get away from a barking dog. That's kind of an explanation for some of the audio quality here. Here is uh, from the New York Times, Nicole Perlroth. We have seen Russia turn off the lights in Ukraine in a series of attacks in 2015, 2016. They actually shut down the power. Um, we have seen ransomware hold up hospitals. We saw someone try to attempt to contaminate uh, water supply in a small Florida town a few months ago using cyber means. All of these capabilities are already there. We've also seen Russia and other groups, from Iran, for instance, get into our critical infrastructure, get into our power grid, our utility companies, our gas pipeline networks. And so a cyber Pearl Harbor, I, I hate the phrase because Pearl Harbor caught us by surprise, Whereas a cyber-induced cataclysmic attack of that kind would not catch us by surprise. We've seen this coming for a long time. And the only reason I think it hasn't happened yet is we haven't seen the right geopolitical trigger for Russia to tell attackers, okay, now is the time, go. And by the way, you know, the U.S. hasn't just been sitting pretty about this. They have been making their own entries into the Russian grid. That is Nicole Perlroth, and her new book is This Is How They Tell Me the World Ends, talking about the potential for a massive cyber attack from another nation, except it's not always so clear if another nation is behind these attacks, because sometimes it is criminal gangs, sometimes they are acting on their own, perhaps sometimes they are acting on the instruction of a foreign government. To talk more about it, I am really pleased to welcome to the program Charles Finley, who's executive director of the Rogers Cybersecure Catalyst at Ryerson University. Uh, welcome, Charles. What kind of risk level would you put Canada at from uh, a cyber attack at this point? Thanks very much, Alan. It's great to, great to be with you this afternoon. Uh, there's no reason to believe that Canada is any less vulnerable to the kinds of attacks that we saw or the kind of attack that we saw in the colonial pipeline uh, uh, than is the United States uh, or any other country. And indeed, uh, uh, infrastructure attacks 
uh, have happened in Canada and uh, continue to happen in Canada. Uh, the Canadian Centre for Cybersecurity, which, as you mentioned, Scott Jones uh, leads, has identified uh, attacks on critical infrastructure as a major security risk. We've seen attacks on uh, on healthcare institutions, uh, on municipalities uh, in Canada. So the risk is uh, is serious in Canada, just as is, as it is in the United States and in other countries. Now, would you put that risk as highest from independent actors, or would you put it uh, as being you know, motivated by geopolitical um, tensions in foreign nations? Well, what we're seeing uh, in this area is, is an interesting mix of both a, a kind of private uh, greed-oriented uh, 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 attack uh, and geopolitical uh, uh, considerations. Uh, take the attack on uh, the colonial pipeline uh, in the United States. That attack undertaken by uh, Darkside, uh, known as a ransomware as a service organization with significant as established as the reporting is telling us uh, with Russia. Now, it appears to be a private organization, but operates so the reporting tells us, uh, with uh, sort of tacit approval uh, from uh, the Russian government. So in that case, what we see is a ransomware attacker operating uh, for its own uh, private purposes, that is, uh, a ransomware attack, but with the tacit acknowledgement of a, uh, of a sovereign power. And, you know, Canada is obviously a part of NATO. We are part of uh, the the five eyes we are uh, as a uh, as a Western democracy uh, subject to geopolitical concerns uh, both from uh, Russia and from uh, the Chinese Communist Party and from the government uh, of Iran and from North Korea all of which uh, Nicole uh, Pearlroth uh, uh, indicated so uh, Canada can very much be uh, the object of attacks. Uh, that, uh, you know, are, are generated by the same kinds of geopolitical concerns as, as happens in, uh, in the United States and in Western Europe. From your assessment, um, what is the Canadian government doing, if anything, to strengthen and beefen up critical infrastructure to protect it from a cyber attack? So the Canadian government has made uh, a number of, of important investments in uh, in cybersecurity in Canada and, and continues to do so. I will say that, you know, it is important that the Canadian government has come out uh, so strongly uh, identifying uh, cybersecurity vulnerabilities in respect of critical infrastructure as being such an important problem in Canada. And that that's very important for sort of bringing together the public uh, the public sector, the private sector, the academic sector, and other actors to to help solve these problems. So the fact that Scott Jones, who leads the Canadian Center for Cybersecurity, is you know speaking the way he is about critical infrastructure uh, as a you know as a major vulnerability in Canada is very important. The Canadian Center for Cybersecurity itself is a recently established uh, a hub for Canadian government activities. Uh, there are others uh, uh, related to law enforcement. The Canadian government has announced recent investments uh, 
uh, in uh, research and development, training, commercialization relating to cybersecurity. So there's a lot going on at the federal level uh, and at the provincial level uh, in Ontario and in other provinces. But obviously, much more needs to be done. And this problem of cybersecurity is one that is going to challenge us, all of us, uh, every one of your listeners, every one of the institutions of which they're a part. It's going to challenge all of us to come up with creative and effective solutions uh, over the years to he- years ahead. This problem isn't going anywhere. Uh, speaking, Charles, let me just interrupt there just for one second, if I don't mind. Speaking with Charles Finley from uh, uh, Cybersecure Catalyst, you, you said individuals and listeners. Give me a sense of how how it's challenging individuals. Well, I think that uh, individual employees in organizations are obviously going to play a part in the security of their organizations. People are a very important part of the security answer. And proper training for individual employees is very important. Many of the ransomware attacks we see that have, you know, these kinds of serious implications start with individual uh, employees innocently clicking on a link in uh, a phishing email. So, you know, your individual listeners in the organizations that they're a part of Uh, are going to need training. They're going to need to understand those vulnerabilities, and they are very much going to be part of the solution. Where do you see this um, in in the next couple of years? How do you see this playing out, like more of what we saw with Colonial Pipeline, that that is going to be just a a regular occurrence? Yes, I think uh, we are going to see more of uh, the Colonial Pipeline attack, unfortunately. I don't think there's any reason to think that that is going away. It's a very successful ransomware attacks on critical infrastructure, are very successful multi-billion dollar international business uh, that, isn't, uh, that isn't going away uh, anytime soon. So I think we're going to see um, continuing attacks of that kind. And I think we're also going to hopefully see uh, important uh, defensive measures, training, Uh, major investments in improving our technology infrastructure uh, and other kinds of pieces that are going to help keep us safe, uh, uh, hopefully uh, uh, happen so that these attacks, you know, aren't as devastating when they do happen. And hopefully they can be mitigated and and stopped uh, before they have impacts. But this dynamic of ransomware attackers and investments in defensive measures and in training is going to continue over the next couple of years and beyond. Charles, great to talk to you. Thank you so much for coming on your perspective. I hope to speak to you again soon. Always happy to always happy to chat on. Thank you very much. That is Charles Finley, who's executive director at Cybersecure's Catalyst at Ryerson University.